Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. This Fly Purbly brought to you by Pans. Need some new cooking utensils in your house? Well, former NHLer Eric Desjardins has you covered with his new line of cookware. Bring Pans home this holiday season. Folks, I hope you all had a great, wonderful Thanksgiving in isolation. You know what? Hey, all things considered, could have been a lot worse. Could have been much worse. It's just, it, it is so weird being around Thanksgiving and Christmas and not having Flyers hockey to talk about. Like, the, the lack of a Black Friday game really was just bizarre. It didn't feel like Black Friday without a Flyers game in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, yeah. No, it really it really did. I was wondering why my Black Friday was kind of dragging. And, you know, outside of the usual 2020 general vibe, hashtag 2020 vibe, uh, I guess it was the lack of a Flyers game. But uh, Jesus Christ, I mean... Yeah, it's 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 been uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been a good time around here. <laughs> and the thing is, like, typically at this time, right? Like, we have the Flyers going, we have the yeah. Sixers going, and if the Eagles are bad, we have two other sports oh to God. fall back on. And yeah. the Eagles, man, it has been. They're having their worst season since what twenty twelve, since Chip Kelly was I... coach. Uh oh well yeah I think well 2012 would have been uh, Reed's last year but I think that's when oh yeah that's yeah. when it like that's yeah that was the last that was when they were four and twelve that was when they were four and twelve and they started off three and one I think so that was a real that was a real painful season but this is right up there because uh, yeah. it does it also looks like there's no quick uh quick escape from it which I think is the worst part like they're gonna be sitting in this mess for a little bit of time here yeah so that's great yeah it's, it's yep. gonna be a while oh yeah. Be aware out, yeah, with uh, Wentz and uh, well, it sounds like Roseman is, uh, yeah, still the whole issue is going to be Roseman and Laurie are best friends, and uh, Laurie doesn't want to fire him or something, so that's kind of the it's big good. deal. It's right. good, it's to, good, to it's good stuff. That's how you run a football team, yeah. Friendship <laughs> business, it all goes together, and it all works well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's perfect. So the fact is, the Eagles are abysmal and just making us more and more miserable. I actually have barely been on Twitter over the past week because I just can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. it's the, a good Eagle, I, the Eagles talk is just so toxic and it justifiably so because they're bad. But I just mm-hmm. want to avoid it at all costs because I just I think a lot of the listeners of the show know that I don't really like uh, the sports talk radio, like toxic atmosphere of just oh, yeah. dumping on things. And it's 
I try to keep positive even when the Flyers are abysmal, and the Flyers have been mediocre over the past few years, never quite reaching that that basement floor that we wanted them to to so yeah. tank for. But <laughs> I mean, some people wanted them to tank, so you know. But it's the fact is just not having that alternate, you know, that alternate path that that Sixers or Flyers to go to is just brutal right now, and it's not looking too good on getting uh, the Flyers back not- soon. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not looking great on the uh, NHL front. Uh, basketball is about to get up and, and running here in a little bit, and uh, they got some pretty cool... I saw all their... Uh, saw the rest of the league's jerseys today. They Somebody shared, like, snapshots. Those look cool. They'll actually get used, unlike uh, maybe the NHL's uh, reverse retro uh, jerseys. But it sounds like... Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound great right now. Uh, it doesn't sound great. It like, sounds it really, like, yeah, apparently. For some reason, imagine having a league that you root for and actively follow that pays its players a fair superstar, you know, athlete salary. Oh, yeah, it must be and, nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, manages to actually, you know, take a proper stand on social justice issues. And oh god, yeah, all it'd be if you could hit one of those things with this league, it'd be wonderful and still function but, and still yeah. like come back uh, in a <laughs> very timely manner from their COVID season. And, and look, I know the NBA isn't perfect, and I'm not a huge NBA fan. I root for the Sixers, and I, I in general, am not just a huge NBA fan. But you know, I, I, I have to say. Compared to the NHL, what a dream league. Because the NHL is just, like, okay, I know there's not going to be fans in the stands. And it's just not the same without the fans. But again, it is, you know, a chance to get your sport out there as there's, I think people have watched every show they love like five times at this point. Oh, yeah. No, they have. Yeah. I'm definitely reaching down into the archives and... If I was, I don't know. It just seems like a great time to reach a casual at-home audience. And, yeah. buddy, like, okay. So one of the things we we applauded the league for uh, was that they actually reached an agreement with the Players Association. And it was going to last a few years. Okay, we've had enough lockouts since the year 2000. It's Two lockouts is too, too many. It's insane. And we felt secure and safe for once. And then Gary Bettman said, no, 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 no. Yeah, so apparently... So I, w- I was going to say about the uh, just getting the product out there. Like, I think part of the issue with that is they need they need fans for the revenue because they can't really live off the TV contracts. So I think that's part of the issue right now. However, the league really isn't making it any easier because, like you said, the agreements that they... The agreement they uh, reached in July on the Memorandum of Understanding or whatever, uh, it was middle of July they agreed about it. Um, and now Batman and the league came out with two proposals last week, uh, two weeks ago, last week I think it was, asking for the players to give more money in terms of escrow and uh, salary deferred this year. And this week, a couple days ago, Batman was saying that it wasn't a renegotiation of that agreement that they signed to it's just the fact that the players aren't allowed to make over half of the revenue and this is to balance that out so now they can either pay it back now or push it back to next year and have it be a flat cap and pay over the next five or six seasons so apparently it's not the league entirely dicking over the players but it just really really looks that way and again 
is positioning the players to be the ones that has to suck it up and just accept the deal so the fans so the the sport can keep going uh and again to me it just looks like the league trying to pull over a quick one on the players but i kind of get it more today and the whole situation just kind of sucks and the players are pissed off and i feel like they should be but again like i no i, I mean i'm sorry with the players but it's just a whole it's a situation you shouldn't be wanting to go through right now, especially when the league's supposed to get up, be getting up and running within the next. They should be up and running. Uh, they want to start on January first. They should be up and running like two weeks. Like, yeah, but there, that's there should just be not guys gonna happen. Like, training and reporting to camp soon, and yeah, and it's just not. I mean, so that's the that's the big re- news right now with the league. Um, and as LeBron tweeted out. The, the two proposals led to the players and Don Fair and the NHLPA like not really being happy with the league. Uh, and the Browns tweeted out Wednesday, uh, not to make much about it, but hearing that Batman and Don Fair recently spoke to break their silence, uh, and they spoke again over the last few days, whether that means anything, uh, it's better than the alternative. And apparently they had gone about a week and a week and a half without actually talking, which again, this is the time when things should be up and going, and they needed to kind of iron a bunch of stuff out if they really wanted to get... get the season underway and they just weren't actually communicating with one another um and daddy's been sleeping on the couch for a few days but i heard i heard him mommy uh you know talk a little bit while he was getting his fifth cup of coffee on the day so divorce might not be happening yeah that's exact kind of what the that's kind of the vibe that's kind of the vibe going on right now and uh of course, Alan Walsh had to chime in. Uh, he did not have uh, a picture of Gary Bettman with a sword in his back, but he put out that uh, the NHL floated, uh, soft floated the idea uh, with the media of uh, if the NHLPA won't accept this uh, return to play idea, that they will unilaterally invoke force majeure uh, and cancel the rest of the season. And uh, force majeure being uh, a way out of the contract for both parties where they will be uh, kind of absolved of guilt or blame. Uh, due to unforeseeable, un- unforeseeable circumstances, which in this case would be uh, the pandemic, which I th- we knew about over the summer, but also I guess the cost of getting league back up and running. And I think, I think the league banked on the vaccine being further along in the process. I think that's kind of what I, that's what I'm thinking. Part of the issue is uh, right now, but the not being able to get fans in the stands, I think, is a big issue, too. Um, and according to LeBron, he, we aren't the only ones that think the season isn't going to get it underway on January 1st. LeBron himself said, uh, he put out, like, for my two cents, I don't think it's happening on January 1st. And then also he said uh, the return to play committee. We should have just listened to the Knights owner, man. Like, he knew oh, it. Yeah. He knew it. I, he call, yeah, he called it. And apparently uh, somebody on the return to play committee uh They've been doing regularly scheduled calls. The return of the play committee that Drew is on, 16 players in the league are on it to talk every day about getting the league back up and running. Uh, somebody on that committee uh, told LeBron that uh, they were expecting like a start between January 20th and February 1st, which was the date that Bill Foley threw out there. Uh, it makes more sense at this point. And um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting anything for the next couple of days. Uh, I know uh, Alexander Appleyard shared a story uh, today about how um, uh, Eustamenko came back from uh, HK Gomel uh, over in 
the um, Belarusian Extra League A uh, to play the return to the States. And also apparently Limblom and Hag have come back over to America to start practicing and get ready for training camp. But again, there is no other news on that front. Um, I mean, like what Appleyard shared was correct, obviously, but there was there's nothing in the way of like the league returning in the next couple of weeks because they still have to iron everything out like they have to figure out. You don't have to figure out the bubble issue now, but they still have to realign the entire league. Um, and they still have to figure out ways to how they're going to break down the schedule. And I mean, they haven't even thrown out a possible schedule in that sense. And you're looking at at least 48 games and or up to 60, I think, is what the, the, the highest, the most amount of games on the high end is. And uh Listen, as a procrastinator, as a professional procrastinator, I have to say I identify when somebody's procrastinating. And, and this, this is, is high-end procrastination on the league's part. Only procrastinating, yeah. They are the Connor McDavid of uh, procrastinating here. And honestly, the big issue, I mean, again, the, they need money from the gate. They need uh, fans in the seats if they don't want this season to be an even bigger loss than it's going to be. And the issue is a lot of other leagues are shutting down and a lot of uh, there's been a ton of government restrictions, which is why there's going to be an all Canadian division if they're going to actually get the season up and running. And one of the things that apparently a bunch of teams have been looking into is playing their home games in the outdoor stadiums or stadia, if you like fancy words. Um, and those six I teams, don't I don't either. Uh, and those six teams, according to Freeman and the Brun, are the Ducks. Bruins, Hurricanes, Predators, Kings, and Penguins. Um, and oh, it was funny. No, there, there is only so many yellow bridges, French fries, and coleslaw I can take, and that's no. no yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. So, and it would be really annoying if like those six teams were able to generate a ton of money from, you know, getting in tight quarters and spreading COVID, and then we had to hear about how they helped, you know, boost up the the league's revenue during this year. But anyway, uh, Freeman. I thought it was funny because Freeman opened up his blog about it with saying. Let's begin this quickie blog with a caveat. It's a long shot. So this is probably just straight up just not going to happen. But apparently league, some of the teams are really seriously looking into it. And it's worth noting that the 49ers, who are in Santa Clara, uh, Santa Clara County out in California, uh, which is the same county that apparently the Ducks and Kings are in, uh, banned, or, yeah, put a ban on uh, contact sports for two weeks, which forced the 49ers into two home games in Arizona, I believe. So, like, that's something that they would, in theory, that that would be another hurdle they'd have to overcome. So, that just really doesn't seem likely. And also, Bill Daly told The Athletic uh, last month that it's very unlikely, or it's likely that they play less outdoor games during the 2020-21 season. So, I doubt they would start to swing that in the opposite direction now. But yeah, that yeah, that's so that's a good. So after we all feel good, right? Those are the two updates. Uh, the league <laughs> Just is feeling great. <laughs> yeah, the league never felt better. The league's kind of like, come on, guys, you have to accept this again. And uh, the players aren't too happy about it because it feels like they're getting dicked over again. And again, it does feel like they're getting dicked over again. Bedman, of course, put some lawyer talk on it, and I kind of get, I kind of get that. The fifty percent not making more than that and paying the league back, but again, it's the same old shit, and it makes the players look bad. And it's just another like after everything with the bubble, there's supposed to be some kind of goodwill between the two, uh, you know, like two parties, and it just seems like that is not. It's just not happening. Uh, and also, to me, I don't think this is a good indication that the league is close and up, uh, you know, close to getting the season underway. Uh, Michael Raffle 
was loaned to a Villashire SV out in the Ice HL, which is a the Bed at Home Ice Hockey League, uh, formerly the EDEL, that is which is name right there, that is which is Austria's ice highest. HL? Come on, guys, Austria's highest ice hockey league. Yeah, it's a it's a mouthful. Uh, I enjoy it though. Austria's uh, they're, they're having fun with it. Uh, so that is Raffle's hometown of Village uh, Austria. Uh, and he played for this club, uh, which was used to be part of the EDEL from 2005, 2006 to 2010, 11, 2010, 11, uh, uh, yeah, 2010, 11, Michael Raffle, by the way, 55 points, 26 goals in a 50 game. So yeah, Michael, why don't you tap into that potential in the NHL body? JK, I like it. Uh, and then he played two seasons with Lexans, Lexans IF and the hockey Owls skin, uh, before he came to Philly. In 2013-14, uh, has played one game so far, had two penalty minutes, and was minus one. Uh, also, Steve, uh, also in Villachere, uh SV, we have been wondering for years what happened to Matt Mangin, and we finally figured it out. He's out there playing hockey in Austria. He's getting paid. He's getting paid real money to play hockey somewhere in Europe. And uh, thank God, one-time Flyers prospect. <laughs> I, I've been like staying up late at night. Oh no, yeah, I text you all the time. My I'm living like, room, going, "What happened to Man Jeans? I need to know what happened to Man Jeans." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "What happened to Double M? Is he? How's he doing? Is he all right? What happened to the hockey jeans?" And apparently, yeah, he's just dicking around over in Austria. So, uh, one-time Flyers prospect, never actually played in the NHL. You guys are probably thinking about Matt Conan. That was the other Matt that was on the team that was very bad and was sometimes talked about possibly being uh, played with the Flyers, although. Conan actually did play with the Flyers, but uh, anyway, Conan, he was part of the defenseman, part of the Adirondack Phantoms. I kind of get that reference. Adirondack Phantoms for three seasons. It was part of the McDonald trade, so that's why we've talked about him a lot before. It was Manchin, 2014 third, which was Ilya Sorokin, and then 2015 second, which was Brandon Carlo for Andrew McDonald. So yeah, that's always fun to bring up. Uh, and then also on that, we club, all would have remembered if Manchin had made it to the NHL because they would have had Manchin's night. Where they would have, you know, had a jeans <laughs> giveaway, but with the Flyers logo on them. Black jeans, they, which are always the most popular jeans, with a yeah. giant Flyers logo. Actually, would have, it would be it would be Cooper all jeans with yeah, an orange actually, stripe down the leg. And knowing the league of the Flyers, it probably would have just given them out to just men because they're man jeans and not seen an issue with it. They would have just I mean, like just it's tossed them there. It's man jeans yeah. night. Is that what is that woman jeans night? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's uh, come yeah. On, come on. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, yeah, cause yeah. Uh, and some other people on the team, I always like to do this when there's no real hockey going on. I looked at some other people on uh Villachere SV, uh, some former NHLers, uh, Jamie Fraser, who I believe played a game for the Islanders way back when Scott Kosmachuk, who was part of the Andre Burakovsky deal, uh, Jordan Karan, and then, uh, Christers Godlevskis, who I don't know if you remember that name, Steve, I'll never forget That's it. It's my because... favorite name. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he was on. I'm naming the, uh, my firstborn Christers. <laughs> I'll play my first kid Gulevskis. Uh He was the 2014 Latvian goalie who almost stole a win for Latvia in the uh, quarterfinals. He stopped 55 of 57 shots in a two to one loss to Canada. So he did his job that day. Uh, apparently, his buddies couldn't find the back of the net a couple more times for him. But so he that's what Raffle's Christy. been doing. What's that? He kept it Christy. Oh, he, that's, that's what we always say. That's what we said about that former uh, Tampa Bay Lightning goalie. So, uh, but yeah, again, like we were talking a little bit about, uh, before the show, it's not really encouraging. Like he would have to do a lot of stuff when it comes to, uh, like just, I guess the COVID regulations over there, right? Like going through and making sure he doesn't have COVID over there. And it's a whole process to go over to another country right now. 
And uh, I doubt he'd be doing all this if he felt confident the league was going to be up and running in a couple of weeks. Like, it doesn't really... It doesn't make any sense. If the league was going to start up in a couple of weeks, there's no way he would quarantine himself to go overseas, go overseas, probably quarantine himself for a week, start playing hockey just to come back. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I didn't, uh, I didn't see anything today about him coming back. Like uh, Appiard had the tweets about, um, or the tweet about Limblom and Hag. I I didn't see anything about Raffle coming over today. So this is, it looks like he's still over there. And, um, yeah, uh, just again, uh, personally, that's not really a ringing endorsement that the NHL is about to bang it out and we're about to see some hockey coming up. But, you know, Michael raffle has been wrong uh, and he can be wrong again and maybe uh, everything will get up and running. But well, I'm really know, feeling it. Something goes wrong with the Flyers. It's all Michael Raffle's fault. Yeah, you always have to read Michael Raffle's hand. That's what it comes down to. He's got that a terrible <laughs> poker, fo- poker face. He, he always gives it away. Yeah. <laughs> There is nothing that cracks me up more with this fan base than when people like specifically target Michael Raffle. Like, <laughs> you want to talk Mar- about the like most meaningless player for the Flyers oh, yeah. uh, success on an average night. And that's not to say I don't like Ma- Michael Raffle. Uh, I actually do like him. And I think he's a, a great little third, fourth liner who occasionally gets inexplicable top line minutes. But the, mm-hmm. the guy can nah. score a huge goal when you need him to sometimes. And that's I, really all you ask for and play solid defense. So I, uh, yeah. what more could you ask for the guy? He's fine. I feel like he had been getting the Braden Coburn treatment forever where he's just getting played too high in the lineup, which, again, it, he doesn't add the players to the roster. Uh, but this year when he was on the fourth line, felt like he didn't really do anything wrong. Felt like he was a fine fourth liner and that's where he should have been. For years, and if he had been playing there his entire career and the Flyers have been good for the last couple of years, there would be no issues with uh, Michael Raffle. Um, so another update, uh, and again, a little bit of Nolan Patrick news uh, via Slam and Sammy. Uh, update, Nolan Patrick is skating without issues and able to sleep much better because headaches have diminished. Still some hurdles, but it's sounding optimistic. So again, that is the... Yay! We've been giving you guys Patrick updates for a while now, and of course... Like I've been saying, I, I will wait until he's actually out on the ice during a game, and that's not really slamming him. That's just it's been a bumpy road for him, and I want to actually I mean, that's see the him nature, in game action. The nature yeah. of what he's going through is just yep. these this migraine. Is it a, you know it, the migraines he's dealing with are kind of unprecedented, and it's at least by hockey standards, and it's not something with a clear timetable. It's not a broken bone. It's not a sprain. It is something that is just very much a day-to-day thing. And I know I've said it before, but man, I am really, really rooting hard for Patrick to to pull it out and come back and have a successful hockey career. Not just because the Flyers spent a second uh, overall pick on him, and that's going to hang over his head for the rest of his career no matter what. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also just because I know he is an extremely talented hockey player. He seems like a nice dude, too. And I just... Not the kind of guy you want to see fall on his face and, and deal with this kind of shit. So, you know, all the best to Nolan Patrick. And the big thing is when he comes back, come back when you're 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think at this point, like, they, I feel like they're not going to be rushing it back now. But that's I mean, there's no just, point. I mean, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Like, given all the issues we just went through with the league and the players and Batman, you know, versus like how much they should make and everything. Like, do you feel like they should be playing a season or like, do you think they should be trying to rush in? Like, where are you at with this right now? I, I mean, they also said something about trying to return the normalcy in terms of the schedule for 2021, 22. 
And I feel like they're going to really stick to that. And I feel like they want to do that. They're going to have to do something quick. So, like, we're saying all this, or I laid it all out just now. And maybe next week it could be a completely different thing. And they're really rushing stuff to get it up and running by the middle of January. I don't, I think January 1st is off the table. I think, I, I just don't think that's going to happen right now. I have no faith in that happening. Yeah, but I can still see them doing late January, February 1st, is what, which is what I think they've kind of been banking on for a while now. And again, like they can, I think they might really try and force it over the next week. I Like next, next week, there should be more info coming out. But again, all the, like, all these leagues are canceling games and we're about to talk about that. And it just doesn't, the, the numbers are getting worse for COVID somehow. Like, I, I don't know how they've been pretty bad for a while, but there's even more like positive tests and yeah, everything with involved with that. And I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I, I, f- <laughs> I feel like a 48 game season where all the divisions are kind of messed up would not really be, like I, it's not ideal. It's not none of this is ideal, obviously. But I feel like it will kind of take away from the authenticity of the season too. Um, and I, I'd almost rather make like a weird trophy for just a tournament, and just have all the teams do a tournament just to keep everybody fresh and then come back. Yeah, with a... I mean, yeah, and that's the it's it's gonna be. Yeah, and that's the other weird thing too is seven of the teams are going on. They're still looking at possibly a year without actually playing. Like they, I don't think it's going to get quite that long, but if we're talking about February, that's 11 months without competitive hockey for those seven shooting teams at the bottom of the league. So that's another thing that you got to factor in injuries on top of that. Uh, and also like, I know those players are getting bored because Evander Kane was uh, having some fun this week. Um, <laughs> but like uh, they, I, I don't know. I feel like February 1st is probably the date that, they, they need to get up and start getting it going, but it does it just doesn't sound good right now. It doesn't really sound positive right now with all this stuff of, I, I don't think the league would, I don't want to say that. I don't think the league would cancel the season because that, I mean, they've been known to do that. If there's a pro sports league that is all about canceling their season over disputes, it would be the NHL. Um, but it, it just sounds like the players are pissed off uh, about, giving up more money and it sounds like the league is not going to budge either. So once again, it comes down to whether or not the players are willing to suck it up now um, and just accept it and then get the season underway, which I don't know. It just is what it is. And I don't, I really don't, I don't know if it's going to happen next week or if it's going to be a couple months from now or what, what the deal is, but I feel like they just have a lot of, it's kind of hard to base the schedule around stuff right now because there's stuff like out in San Francisco uh, where they banned home games. Like that would be another thing that would be a, a, like a wrench thrown into a situation that they'd have to address. And then stuff like here, let's talk about a couple of these leagues that I've, I've mentioned a couple times now. The, the QMJHL canceled games uh, from December 1st until January 3rd. So Elliot Danoye and uh, Igor Serdyuk uh, and the Halifax Mooseheads and the Victoriaville Tigers had their – just not going to play hockey for the next month. Um, so they're on the shelf. And then also the Liga, uh, Finland's top league, uh, which has Matash Tomic with Saipa, uh, they canceled games from December 3rd today through December 19th, so only two and a half weeks. But still, 
like these leagues were up and running, uh, and then they had to shut down due to COVID, uh, due to the positive COVID test. And then on top of that, it uh, came out today that Jay O'Brien and the Boston University Terriers uh, had all team activities paused in their first game of the season, uh, canceled on Saturday against UConn uh, due to a positive COVID test. Uh, so that would have been their first game of the season. Uh, and they are their first game is now going to be December 11th against the US, UMass Minutemen, which... Man, if I wanted to play for a team, I would not pick the Minutemen. That's not the nickname I would want uh, associated with me at all. But, uh, yeah, and O'Brien, of course, transferred to BU after he had 66 points in 46 games for the Penticton Vs in the BCHL last year. Uh, had five points in 25 games for Providence College Friars in 2018-19. So, like, again, all, all these leagues are, I mean, they're running the issues right now. And I know they don't have as much they don't have as many resources at their disposal as the NHL would. And we're I mean, seeing, let's look at the league that has the most resources and the most money of any I was gonna sports say. league in the world. The NFL, who I have trashed on this program repeatedly over oh, the past yeah. month because of their handling of COVID. It's just been abysmal. What happened this week with the Ravens and Steelers playing a pivotal game, yeah. despite the fact that the Ravens had multiple guys, including their star quarterback, Lamar Jackson out with COVID and the, the Steelers go to 11 and 0 and get a, a pretty solid lead on winning the division because, the, and they played on a Wednesday afternoon at three 30 because afternoon. NBC had to show the Rockefeller center tree lighting <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, so what? Like... This was a premier game. This was supposed to be the Thanksgiving night premier game. And instead it was played in the middle of the afternoon without the Ravens star quarterback. And that's yeah. a, Bismal handling of COVID from the NFL. And this is a league that if anybody was going to pull it off, you know, with the resources they have, it's the NFL and th- th- they play outdoors. There's yeah. plenty of ways they could go without. And they are just guys are getting it left and right. Yeah. That's, that is the other good point is uh, most of their teams are playing outdoors. So they, they're doing the whole playing outdoors, getting fans in the stands thing. And, but yeah, they are, they're still running the issues right now, and the the NHL is going to have to work that angle too because they're not going to have the advantage of the bubbles this time around. Or at least it does not sound – at this point in time, it does not sound like the bubbles are going to happen for the regular season at least. Um, but they would be more in line with how the NFL is – the situation the NFL is in in terms of the COVID numbers, and the, the NFL has been getting hammered with it. There's been positive tests all over. I mean, the, the Ravens-Steelers was a terrible thing. Like we've already, met, I've already mentioned the 49ers situation a bunch of times, and then also the Broncos quarterback situation. Like they had three massive obstacles this week, and they, I, if they get one more fuck up, like they really might be on the verge of just canceling the entire season because they are really gung ho about just keeping this within like an 18 week uh, or a 17 week uh, like time frame, I believe. So that's why they're doing all this schedule, like Sudoku stuff. And they're sh- shoving all these games in at weird times. And it, it it's eventually, I don't want to say it's eventually going to catch up to them. Cause it seems like Goodell and the NFL are pretty pumped about finding out ways to just uh, pretend they're bigger than the, uh, the pandemic. But uh, I don't know. Like it, like if the NFL can't pull it off, I don't know. Like, that's not really encouraging. So yeah, like, again, you know, the, it feels like the NHL and NBA were really only able to have the success they were able to have because of the bubble. I mean, 
MLB yeah. had a lot of issues, and I mean, I'm looking yeah, at you, Justin yeah. Turner, at the end there. And oh my god, yeah. I mean, they yeah, had like issues that before good. that, and I mean, honestly, they were relatively successful compared to the NFL, and they had a guy who actively had COVID out there hugging his teammates when they won the <laughs> yeah, World Series. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, and again, we're we're just talking about the issue of like. It, all of the problems are caused because of the pandemic. But also, there is a little bit of a whole nother, it kind of has a lockout vibe to it. I saw, I think it was the Toronto Star that wrote that article this week about how the not, like, Fair and Batman not talking to each other was, that happened in 2012, 2013, that led to the the shortened season. And that's kind of what was going on the last week or so. And this is the time that they need to start getting things in motion if they really want to get serious about this season happening soon and again i i just it it doesn't feel good right now it just doesn't feel like it's like we're gonna come on next week and like oh okay everything's in place flyers gonna be in training camp by the next time we record it doesn't feel like we're two weeks away from actually seeing the flyers back in philadelphia so we'll see um but that's where we're at right now yeah it's not it's not looking good and i can't say i look clearly as somebody who does a hockey podcast and needs hockey to come back to have something to talk about besides the bachelor i (laughs) very much want hockey to come back don't get me wrong there yeah i just given all of the COVID issues that's going on with sports it's made me actively care less about the nfl and i am a huge eagles fan and I just have not given a shit. I didn't even play fantasy football this year, and I've been running a fantasy football league for over a decade. I didn't even run it this year because I just didn't want to deal with all this shit because it, 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 I, it, I just don't care about it right now. And I love football. I just don't give a shit. And I don't want to see that happen with hockey. So I, I want a season to happen, but I don't know what I'm going to necessarily be completely devastated if one doesn't. Yeah, I, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean I I don't know what it would mean for the league overall if they're not able to get any games this year. But again, I think having fans in the stands is a big deal for the league because they it would be an even bigger loss if they just had to do all these games without fans. But I don't know how that's going to happen comfortably without a vaccine. And it sounds like from what I'm seeing, it sounds like the majority of the public isn't going to get possibly vaccinated until like April or May. So like that's that's a whole other thing they have to look into. Like it's just there's just a lot of a lot of moving parts and you can't really afford to have the leaders of the NHL and NHLPA not really in good graces right now to talk to one another. But that's that's where we're at. So uh it's possible hockey that's coming up though is the World Junior Championship. And uh we can watch some Flyers prospects in that, uh possibly because Three Flyers prospects as of now are on a couple preliminary rosters uh, for the American USA uh, World Junior Championship uh, preliminary roster. We have Bobby Brink and Cam York. Uh, there are two of 29 players invited to camp and 25 players will make the team. So hopefully they're not two of the four worst players at this uh, preliminary roster. Uh, Brink had two points in five uh, games last year at the World Junior Championship and York had zero points in five games. Uh, and then for Team Sweden, uh, Emil Andre has made their preliminary roster. Uh, he's one of 34 players, and 25 make that team as well. First time playing for Sweden at the WJC. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So that's uh, that's the hockey news. That's that's all the hockey news we have right that's now. A ton. That's yeah, like that a, is, so much time on the yeah, podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's going on, and uh, we're gonna take out a bit of our anger on these uh, NHL and NBC's top ten GM rankings. Because, good lord, I'll tell you what not they good. are. Yeah, but look, um, we're not we're not gonna compliment or make arguments for why any of these GMs are good. Uh, I'm pretty tired. I don't care about any of these GMs. I'm just going to dunk on them. I went through and picked out reasons why they should be dunked on. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, quick shout out to to listener uh, on Twitter, oh, yeah, who's yeah. Uh, Junk Drawer Pat, uh, for pointing this out to us, asking, half these fucking guys don't deserve to be on here. Can we get a <laughs> breakdown of this? Hell yeah, we can get a breakdown of this. Yeah. So look, Joe Sackick is number one. Uh, he's been killing it, uh, the, the, the average GM. Uh, they had a pretty good summer. Uh, made a lot of good news, a lot of good trades. Brought in uh, Brandon Saad, uh, and the team was already looking pretty good beforehand. But, uh, you know, he wasn't the guy that drafted McKinnon. McKinnon's kind of a big deal there. So he was in the room, but he wasn't the GM. So I'm not going to give him credit for that. Also, he traded away Ryan O'Reilly for jack shit. So that's not exactly a good trade either. Also gave Eric Johnson a seven-year deal that they still have three more years on uh, at $6 million. So that's probably going to come back and bite him in the ass eventually. So uh, Joe Sackick, uh, you know, pick up your shit. Boom roasted. Uh, Boom second roasted. one, yeah. Uh, second one, Steve Eisman, uh, the Detroit GM, which, you know, this you look one, pretty good. This yeah. one blew my fucking mind being on Well, so because, my thing... Look, I I get Stevie Y based on his, his history, but yeah, yeah. he's... That, not based on his current situation. You can't make him number two on his current situation. Yeah. No, exactly. And if also, if Eisenman's up there, then you got to put Stan Bowman somewhere on this list because that's kind of the same thing, even though the, the Blackhawks are complete shit now. Uh, Steve Eisenman, this is for his body of work with the Lightning, which, amazing. Very, very good. But uh, not, I, I mean, he hasn't done anything in Detroit yet. In his defense... That's a deep hole to clean out of with the Red Wings. But still, we're here to dunk on him. Hasn't done a single thing with the Red Wings. And that brings up, we'll come back to three in a second. But number four is Julian Brisewell, who is the the Lightning's uh, GM. And, um, like, what have you done, buddy? Well, you know, like, most of the work there was Iserman. He did some minor, like, uh, the Shattenkirk deal was good. Added some bodies at the deadline. But, again, that, that was Iserman's cup, pretty much. I mean, he laid the... He laid down the groundwork for all that uh, to happen in the bubble. Like he, so I think he got to school, found a fully written paper in his desk, slapped his name on it, and submitted and got an A. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. That's exactly the that's a great yeah that's a the perfect analogy. So going back to three, that would be Doug Armstrong. This is a guy that traded for Braden Shen. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's one knock right there. I, I would not trust anybody whose opinion of Braden Shen is right. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Tell me stuff. <laughs> and then uh he did get he also got ryan o'reilly for well he got ryan o'reilly for peanuts uh just so i could give ryan o'reilly away for peanuts uh but also well actually i will give him credit for that because that I was mean, a really that, good trade yeah yeah like that was a pivotal trade there i don't know if it's number three gm trade but well it's, 
well, my thing too is uh, then he also traded for Justin Falk, which created the cap situation that led to Petrangelo leaving. And Falk has uh, is making six point five million on the cap through twenty twenty six twenty seven. And also, we wouldn't be talking about him winning a cup if it wasn't for Jordan Bennington, who was their fourth string goalie that year, going nuts and just having a run that he's never going to go on again. And you do look nervous now. So that that could have been the Flyers. They tried seven goalies that year, and none of them worked. Yeah, eight goalies, by the way. Get it right. Yes. How could I forget? Yeah. How could you forget all? How could you forget Mike McKenna? How dare you? How could I? I try to every day. I I drink. A full bottle of whiskey to try and forget Mike McKenna every day, and it doesn't work. And I'll never forget Cam Talbot, and I think the Flyers still won that trade. Just my opinion. Uh, also, he didn't get anything for Kevin Shattenkirk, really. So that come on, you got Zach Sanford, but that's again not really the the biggest coup when you, you you're trading away Shattenkirk. So I uh, already dunked on Julian Breezewald uh, for uh, Don Sweeney, uh, number five, and of course you got to bring up the three first round picks in 2015. Uh, just missing on. A bunch of talent that was on the boards at, uh, I believe, 14, 15, and 16, I believe, or 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that area. Also, Tory Krug leaving. Uh, so, you know, good job with that, uh, Don. And then also gave a bunch of money to Charlie Coyle and David Backus, who essentially are kind of the same players, just, just Coyle's a younger version of Backus and probably will be as worthless as back as in a couple of years. That's a leap. That's a leap to make about Charlie Coyle, but that's, it's way too early to say that kind of stuff about Charlie Coyle, but still yeah. a little bit of money for those two, uh, that I you really like, don't need to. Yeah. Like, I feel like Sweeney has been better than the credit we were giving him after that 2015 draft. Oh, like, this guy's a yeah. disaster. Yeah. Uh, no, he's definitely. definitely been better than that. But the thing is, Boston is still largely cruising off of the talent they had. 10 years ago yeah no that's really what it comes down to it's still a rask it's still rask saving a lot of stuff it was still char on the blue line and it was still marshand, Berger on a marsh end yeah it's all the it's just like with you know sackick and mckinnon right where this yeah. is the big guy was there when you got there so it's like and i think <laughs> you got the uh, job if i'm not mistaken i think poshnik was a Shiarelli pick i think so he doesn't even get credit for that. He came in after that and started making all those crazy trades. I have to look, look into that. Or somebody will yell at us if that's not right. So, yeah. But I do Again, agree. Yeah, He has better, been better. Better than, than we were giving him credit for right. a couple of years ago because we thought he was a complete disaster. But I, I don't think he's the fifth best GM in the league. No, no, I I don't agree with that either. Now there's Lou Lamarillo, who's six. Uh, oh first of all, God. just in general, just fuck him. Also, secondly, fuck you, uh, fuck you. John Tavares, I think, yeah, John Tavares left on his watch, so good job keeping him around. Also, like, this was, I think the Islanders couldn't, this was the best possible outcome for the Islanders this year in the bubble, and they still couldn't reach the Stanley Cup final. Like, I Correct. feel like they had everything break their way, and then the Flyers just decided not to score against them in the second round, and uh, that, like, they just... Still couldn't get to the cup. So like that roster, man. And look, we're not ones to talk as the as Flyers fans who got smoked by them largely in that <laughs> series. But yeah. that's not that's still not a very good roster top to bottom. And no, it's not. Yeah. He, he lucked into Barry Trotz. Like, okay, all the credit for signing Trotz, yeah. like the Flyers should have done. But if it wasn't for Barry Trotz, that team would be a disaster. Uh but Barry Trotz yeah. and just having a lot of those role players makes them a pretty good hockey team. They are not even close to the sixth best team in the league. Yeah, I think that's the annoying thing is it's really more about the the team success is more about trots, which I understand. 
Lou helped get him in the building. But also, I don't think any other coach in the league would have that level of success with the, the team they've slapped together there. I mean, because there just isn't a ton of... You got Matt Barzal, and then you got Adam Pellick and a couple good defenders, and that's uh, that's about it. That's like the majority of their... It's like Andres Lee sits up, and sets up in front of the net and gets like 40 goals within two feet of the goal line. And uh, that's their entire team. Like, that's what they, they – it's not, like, star-studded. There's not a lot of skill on it. It's just Barry Trotz doing stuff. Barry Trotz making the most out of a very average roster. Lou Lamorello is trying to make hockey boring again. He is on he a is quest God, man. To, making, to make it just the most insufferable, <laughs> he loves, unwatchable, boring yeah. game possible. Fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Uh, coming up, I, I don't have, well, I have feelings about one of these other GMs, but, uh, seven is Jim Neal, who the second and Ben deals don't look exactly look great. I forget. Who, yeah. He handed those out. Yeah. Second and Ben deals don't exactly look great. Also the S on contract, I really don't think is uh, that great either, which, uh, they have five more years, $5.8 million a year on, uh, just not great. So he's handed out a couple of those. I have no they, opinions on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really. I, I kind of don't really mind Jim Neal. I, th- I think he's kind of done a pretty good job there. But we're definitely this the is, guy I mind the least out of the yeah, entire. This is, uh, but again, we we came to slam these guys. Uh, we're we're trying to dunk on all of them. So uh, eight, pretty Dr. easy to dunk Dunks on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, get medicated. Also, eight, pretty easy one to dunk on. Jim Rutherford. I mean, Jim Rutherford. Are you shitting me? Jim Rutherford's eight a top feels, ten GM. Yeah, give me uh, a fucking break. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Again. If this was if this was 2017, I could understand some of those arguments. But we've seen now, he's just he's closing that window. He's slamming that window shut for Pittsburgh. So in my opinion, he should be Jack Johnson alone. House. Jack <laughs> Johnson alone threw that guy into the bottom ten. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. Like, uh, to yeah. willingly sign Jack Johnson for a few years at multi millions of dollars, multiple millions of dollars, was insane at the time. And quickly, he became one of the biggest liabilities I've ever seen on defense. And I'm talking as a guy who had to watch Andrew McDonald on defense for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's a good GM. He's really been killing it out there in Pittsburgh. And uh, I will, I'll never understand the Cubs in 16 and 17. Uh, it's just, you know, just makes me question a lot of things about life and the, the sport in general. But that's, uh, that's you know, that's just hockey, baby. Uh, and that's besides deal the point. To get, so. Deal to get Kessel was good. Deal to trade yeah. Kessel away was awful. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't great. No, it, it wasn't that. Uh, uh, yeah, because I was thinking, I forgot that Hornquist. Hornquist. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> a lot Matheson of over there. There's a, oh, there was a in the Kapanen deal. The Kapanen for first is like Kapanen's fine, but for first is no a when second. I could say not a with first. your team is at yeah, especially with where the Penguins are at right now. That's uh, that's a that's a that's a trade. All right, so. Uh, nine is Brian McClellan, uh, who is the Caps GM. And again, uh, Goose for Niskanen, which, uh, we would have thought, I thought was an already trade at the time, but turns out wasn't that great. So, uh, you know, suck it, Brian. Also, I didn't, the only other thing I wanted to say was he also traded for Curtis Glencross a couple years ago. You remember him? I completely forgot that, like, Curtis Glencross was in the league. So I forget. A long time flame. Uh, middle six forward, fine. Had That's a couple 20 goal that... seasons. Like, when you're playing NHL, you'll see his name pop up every now and then. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a hockey player. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he definitely played hockey professionally. So, uh, And then the last one is Kelly McCrimmon, who really hasn't been in Vegas for long. He added Robin Lehner. I think that was probably his best deal. Uh, also added Chandler Stevenson. 
and Alec Martinez, uh, but he wasn't there when they landed Mark Stone. And again, the Vegas Knights was a lot about the expansion draft and George McPhee's work. And McCrimmon's been in the room, but it's been a lot of McPhee, I believe. Uh, or yeah. at least that's what we're going to give credit to McPhee right now for this exercise, because again, all these GMs suck, you know? Uh, well, the and work that's, that uh, McPhee did to dumpster dive for that roster in the first place and really... Like, it good. was impressive, I think, by anybody's standards, the fact that Vegas was able to build a pretty powerful team overnight from just unwanted. Like, normally the draft lottery is a complete crapshoot where everybody's like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to make a hockey team out of this. And he actually did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they it, the, like, again, McPhee's work with that was pretty impressive, but it, it wasn't McCrimmon. That's what matters right here and right now is uh, it was not. It was not McCrimmon doing it. Yeah, but I, I still can't believe they were able to I get that gets that uh, kind of roster together going into that season. And nobody really... Where's our really genius is. boy? Yeah, I was going to say... Where's our genius boy? Kyle Dubas! <laughs> Where you at, Kyle? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, no Dubas on this uh, rankings, which kind of surprised me. But again, looking at the NHL and NBC's formula for doing these rankings, and the NHL Network's rankings, uh, they always leave out... Obviously, you know Chucky Two Trades wasn't going to be on here, but they Chucky they're two just trades, looking. Man, Chucky Two yeah, Trades trying to poke is, a bear. He is he's pacing his house two times because Chucky Two Trades does everything twice. You're telling hey. me, <laughs> you're telling me the man that altered the Cam Talfer for Anthony Stellars trades can't top the can't crack the top ten here. I I find that hard to believe that he can't get the guy that landed Tyler Pitlick, Pitlick for Ryan Hartman. You're telling me he can't get into the top ten. I don't know. Pits, baby. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, never forget. RIPD Tyler Pitlick. If there's one team's GM that you could, you could throw into the mix here in the top. Oh God, I got nothing. I mean, I got, uh, Oh yeah. You know what? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Don Waddell. Yeah. I I would say that he's done. I I would say that he's been fine for Carolina. Yeah. Mainly because of the Eric T work. Uh, and also because they're, a pretty competitive team now and they have a pretty good they look like they're going to be pretty competitive for years to come i'm surprised jeff gordon wasn't on here because you know the new york love uh and he's been get trapped a lot of stuff so it felt like they would have like you know gave him a little uh premature like celebratory ranking on here like put him like seven or something even though even though he doesn't deserve it but uh yeah i think uh yeah don Juan would have been a good choice the biggest joke's got to be rutherford right like rutherford has no place in this top 10 I would say, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then also, uh, I feel like, yeah, that's probably the biggest joke. <laughs> and like, I mean, like, I, Eiserman, you, can, again. you can justify Eiserman based on his body of work, but yeah. definitely, like, not based on his current situation. Like, no. I mean, they're still the Detroit Red Wings. They are, they are made, like, right now of spare parts. They are just, <laughs> like, yeah. they signed oh, yeah. Bobby Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, well, my thing, too, is, like, if you're going to have Eiserman in this ranking, if you're going to put Rutherford in the top, you're going to put him eighth, you're going to put him in the top ten in general, even though, like, his cups are a couple years, you know, removed now, uh, then I think you also, Stan Bowman should have gotten an argument somewhere in here. Or even then, you go Dale Talon. So, so like, GM rankings are always kind of goofy. I don't know. It's kind of hard to... Like the GM of the year, the GM of the year award is always a goofy one because they they isolate on one year, but you know to build a team it takes a lot of years of hard work, Steve, and a lot goes into it and all this kind of I mean, shit. So, <laughs> like if you look at this Flyers roster, it's a combination of guys that 
that Holmgren got. And yeah, oh, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Hextall. Drew got. I mean, Jeru- uh, Clark like, got. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Clark <laughs> mispronounced Claude Giroux's name and drafted him many, many years yeah, ago. So, so it's it's not like one GMs guy built this roster. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And like Hextall, again, I think my I think the argument that's going to be for Hextall forever is going to be he's the guy that got Carter Hart in, in, uh, on the team. I think that's going to be his claim to fame, which, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, if that ends up being the, re- yeah, he, he also got a lot of other players in uh, play here. And also, uh, Ed Wade built the, the crux of that 08 Phillies roster, but Pat Gillick brought it home. That's yeah. It, it, yeah, that's what we're hoping. That's what we're banking on. That's been our theory for years. And hopefully it uh, comes. Chucky two soon. trades. Will you be our Pat Gillick? Please, for yes. the love of God, be our Pat Gillick or just look into it like Howie Roseman. Yeah, and then and then hopefully if uh, you know promptly get fired uh, once things start going south and we don't have to get dragged through multiple years of watching him fuck up more drafts. Hopefully that's what's going on. But I uh, just took a sip of water and now we're gonna do a because it's the off season and also because apparently this is uh, back up and running on ABC. Uh, let's, uh, let's do a little bit of the batch update, uh, Stefan. Uh, your favorite segment? Uh, I know we we weren't able to do one last week because we did it. On a Tuesday, so uh, Ian threw in a couple extra blurbs here, and uh, let's uh, let's. I already forget how to say uh, uh, the the Bachelorette's name. I think it's Tasha, uh, but let's let's, uh, let's get back into it. Yeah, I believe it's Tasha. So uh, on the first group date, uh, <laughs> the guys are asked to write songs for Tasha, which they will then perform in front of everyone. Bennett, oh, Harvard no, grad, and very. <laughs> Harvard grad and very white wealth management consultant uh, writes a rap, which, as context might suggest, is basically him talking kind of quickly and rhyming the occasional word. At one point, he says she doesn't need a Harvard degree to be in uh, Paris uh, to be eating brie with he. Uh, Kenny calls Tasha tea and Mokalata in his song. Oh, boy. Uh, nicknames Mocha that didn't latte. exist before. That's, that's not good. Not great. Uh, but engineer and chess player Ivan Provorov, oh my god, that's right, there's an Ivan on here, um, wins it all by essentially asking Tasha to come closer and reciting a poem. He gets to go on a one-on-one dinner date with Tasha. So there you go, Provy. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> Provolone and Tasha essentially have a sleepover date. Uh, they play Two that... flavors. <laughs> yeah, together, yeah. Uh, they play that floor is lava game, Twister, and have a very messy pillow fight. Shout out to whoever the fuck had to clean that shit up after the fact. At, at I'm dinner glad they had two... a middle school sleepover. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that sounds. A, I guess that's really all I can show on ABC. I don't know how that. I don't really know what goes on with that show. It's most 2020. Of the time, you can show whatever you want. Yeah, you can probably. Yeah, you can probably get a little softcore in there. Uh, at dinner, the two talk about George Floyd, police brutality, and systemic uh, racism. Specifically, Ivan talks about his brother who was abused by prison guards while in prison. Damn. Two black people talking about race in America. This is a first for the batch. Oh my god! Yeah, what are we doing? ABC. This is uh, okay. I mean, well, and right. it's, it's just wild that this it. is the follow up to to playing the floor is lava. Yeah, like this is the two wildly drastic, like just a pillow fight to trying to address real issues in the country. So that's uh, it's a full ABC is running of emotion yeah, here. Running the full gauntlet here, ABC. Uh, moving on, the losers from the first group date get together. On another group date where they pair off and go through a series of random challenges. On one, they drink bull testicle milkshakes. Beg your pardon? Uh, the other, they have host Chris Harrison sign their ass cheeks. And at another, they make orgasm sounds for one minute into a phone, which is broadcasted across the batch bubble. 
Excuse the me? The batch seems to be working in a lot more humiliation in the daily ideas considering they can't travel the world. That sounds about right. All that, I gotta, hold on. So Bull that sounds like a fear factor thing. Wasn't that a fear Bull factor? Like go -to? testicle milkshakes. Bull testicle milkshakes. Like if this is the, if you think it's the first time I've had penis, Joe Rogan, you'd yeah. be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wasn't this like, uh, yeah, Tyrone Bigum just had, like, that was the Joe Rogan go-to. It was just eating some kind of bull penis or testicles on that yeah. show. It was like that or like eating tarantula or some kind of or laying in bed and like they would pour a bunch of tarantulas on you that was kind of the stuff so maybe next week we'll see more fear uh, fear factor stuff going on but um it also reminds me of of the movie funny farm when he has the the lamb fries which are no, i mean yeah. of course lamb balls but that's, oh God. Uh, yeah i just uh, chase the... uh, eating a bunch of he's like oh these lamb fries are great what, what are you, <laughs> you get the rest that's of the scene there. yeah I also like the I like picturing Chris Harrison as like a rock star, uh, just signing ass cheeks like groupies. Like I picture him with like sunglasses yeah. halfway down his nose. She's like, "Oh yeah, you want an autograph?" And then he's just signing, like the crack of an ass. And that's that's yeah, a that's... really really friggin' weird thing to do. Right I, yeah. Also like the uh, yeah, and then uh, the weird phone sex thing. Yeah. So the batch. Yeah, I guess the, the batch is getting see, boy the too. orgasm sounds. The orgasm sounds makes me think of the cable guy when he's pressed up against the glass and he's like, oh, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, this is a good again. This is just great. It's a great a batch update, which is inspired by the wonderful uh, the bachelorette. So then uh, moving on. I I just I'm I'm here for the humiliation of these guys a hundred percent and I just let's incorporate it into some old school Nickelodeon game shows let's slime these guys let's oh make yeah them, let's double yeah bring back Mark Summers let's get it going here let's make them go through an ice cream sundae for a was flag that, that guy's name yeah that was that guy's name that was Mark right? Summers yes okay that was right I just want to make sure I had that right yeah uh yeah no I agree absolutely yeah let's guts it up yeah climb up on the crag yeah, all that stuff let's let's oh, do yeah. it if figure big figure it out board. and get to propose to the bachelorette like, I mean that's that's life right were now. you were you in the uh, was figure it out were you in that era or is that too late for you uh it was more my sister's era okay but, all right yeah, yeah. so I, 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 I would... watched it because my sisters were watching TV and you know you only really had limited options back in those yeah, days is, before you could fair. just stare at a smartphone until your soul drifts away yeah. Yeah, back yeah, that is true. Uh, there wasn't as much soul draining activity uh, back then before the smartphones. But uh, I would like to see these guys try and f work a figure it out board. Uh, I feel like it would not go that well because they don't exactly uh, uh, sound that bright. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, outside uh, of Ivan the engineer over here, like they, <laughs> these are not. I mean, the one yeah, guy would have gone to Harvard, but yeah, you it know. sounds yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're, it sounds like, uh, yeah, Annie Bernard situation where it, it's great you went to Cornell, but I don't know if you're really in exactly the the best position with a Cornell degree. But anyway, just because uh, you're rich doesn't mean you're smart. That's that's the biggest. That's exactly that's the takeaway from this podcast. So uh, later on, in the last ben four and, years. <laughs> later on, Ben and No Nick Ed, and No Neck Ed. Uh, separately decide <laughs> no they need to. <laughs> That's gotta That's be. That's a good name. I like that. Decide one. they need to go to see Tasha. Uh, we get a split screen of the two going to her place. Uh, Ed somehow ends up at Chris Harrison's place. They have oh. a drink and he goes home. Uh, ben ends up at Tasha's place. Here. And he tells her about his feelings. She pulls a rose out of somewhere and gives it to him. Oh, so all right. Ben uh, Ben played it pretty well. 
Uh, I guess uh, Ed's uh, internal GPS was in his neck, so maybe that's why I didn't know where he was going. I ended up going to uh, Chris Harrison's place, and uh, everybody knows that's how uh, anatomy works. That's your, your general sense of uh, direction is in your neck. So Chris Harrison, uh, is Tasha here? <laughs> just, well, yeah, just she's not. Can we hang turning out? his whole body. What are you funny, doing? Right? <laughs> looking for him. Wait, you Probably got anything to drink here, Chris Harrison? Just hanging out with Falcons, uh, doing a little falconeering. So that's uh, what's probably what's going on. Before to start we... out the second app, uh, Tasha and Zach, uh, okay, Zach, go on a date where they try on wedding gowns and tuxedos. Always a good thing to do on the <laughs> dinner date. That's what we do on a date. Yeah, that's what yeah. people do on, on a date. Not uh, about to get married. They're engaged. Just on a date. Uh, on the dinner date, Zach talks about a brain tumor he had and how that subsequently led to a pain medication addiction and a divorce. Uh, they both hop off on a busted ass Ferris wheel and make out. All right, so just another run of the mill date there for you. Uh, I'm just wearing a wedding attire. What's that? I'm just blinking. I just I don't even <laughs> know how to read. Just a lot. I don't know how to process everything in this paragraph here. It's, see, if you're telling me you haven't put on your finest tuxedo, uh, and Emily hasn't thrown on a wedding gown, you guys haven't gone to the top of a Ferris wheel, and you guys haven't talked about your worst uh, medical. Updates. That was our third no. date, but yeah, I was gonna say everybody's done that. That's been that's just another yeah. That's just it's called dating in America. That's just where you're at. So that's it's fucking show. Right um, on that. <laughs> just uh, is that the right next, direction? I don't know. It, who knows? Uh, next is a group date where <laughs> <laughs> next is a group date where Tasha and a group of dudes paint some new models. Okay. After a bit of a scuffle with young Noah, uh, Bennett takes a seat next to Tasha. Bennett. Bennett. Starts talking, uh, Bennett starts talking about all the houses him and Tasha will have one day, and Noah asks Bennett to spell privilege. Uh, yes, Noah, <laughs> us millennials will be renters for life. So, yep, that's uh, yep. Shout out to always being a renter and working until the day you die. That's going to be uh, looking forward to that. Uh, millennials for life. Uh, yeah, uh, the guys are then asked to create a self portrait. Riley, oh my god, there's so many guys left. Shouldn't we be down to like three or four names left? And Riley because paints... they rebooted because the first oh, god, that's right. was like, I, this is it. I know it. That's this right. is done. Yeah. God, it was Dolphin Dale. Dale. Yeah, fucking Dolphin Dale screwing it up for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Riley paints a lame-ass blue sky, but then tells a touching story about how he really wants a daughter given his relationship with his mom. Ben is about oh. to share his self-portrait, but then runs behind a curtain, strips, and comes out holding his dog. Tasha. Oh. What kind of decision is that? Tasha can't handle it. She runs back behind that same curtain, cries, and tells the producers, this is what happens when you date real men. Oof. Uh, that's right, Tasha. When you date some real men, you see some dong. Uh, that is apparently, that's not the message we're sending off hyperbole. But that she is... She just got the full, like, Twitter DM experience in real life. Yeah, that, right I was going to say, that is kind of what it sounds like dating men. Uh, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to date men if I was a woman. That, it, it, it sounds sound, horrible. Like, it does not sound like a good time. I really don't know what's in it for women. I mean, uh, shout out to the women out there dating, because it sounds it sounds like a rough... You're, you're either getting dick pics in uh, the DMs... Like, or, it uh, basically sounds like all you have to do is say, Hi, and the man's like, here's a dick pic. Yeah, they're like, oh, he, he, yeah, she wants a pipe. Yeah, that's pretty much Hello. what the thought process is. Would you is, like yeah. to see my penis? I actually yeah, don't but... care what your response is. Here it is. Here it is. Check it out. Tell me if you like it. That's Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah no, so... I, I'm on behalf of all men, I, I sincerely apologize, but, you know, it's... Yeah, our bad. I mean, yeah. Our it's... bad. I've never done yeah. it, but our bad. Oh, yeah, I've never sent one, but, yeah, I'm, you know, I've probably done stuff in the past that, yeah, whatever. So, Besides it's just, sir. 
besides what <laughs> besides to me of course like you yeah oh yeah i yeah. every time you're like hey are you ready to record a podcast you send me a picture yeah i'm like hey I'm you... like, well i i didn't ask for that but <laughs> yes we can podcast now i'm always like see you ready to go in a couple minutes and you're like eh. and then i send you one you're like all right uh give me an hour because i gotta delete this now i gotta erase this from my memory <laughs> so we can talk about hockey. this from the cloud um, <laughs> every it, it backed up on every one of my computers i have to manually purge it from all of those <laughs> Oh God! Uh, we got two more blurbs here. Uh, Easy and Tasha go on the this made up haunted house date. There's a lot of infrared shots, sudden noises, screaming, followed by giggling. ABC is re- really scraping the bottom of the bar- bubble barrel. Uh, Tasha sends Easy home. Oh man, that's okay. Sorry, Easy. R.I.P.D. Easy. Uh, I was gonna say R.I.P.D. The real Easy too. We haven't really addressed Easy on this podcast yet, so I just wanted to say, you know. Uh, also, uh, Tasha sniffs out Bennett, and Young knows bullshit, and makes them go on a two-on-one date where one of them will be eliminated before Tasha. Kind of yeah, exactly. It's always it's always great to have a third wheel. Uh, before Tasha shows up, Bennett gives Noah a gift box. This includes Bennett. a red bandana for sh- their shared cowboy histories. I don't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> what do we in? <laughs> but ABC should be tapping for the. Tapping that for some tent. Uh, Tasha comes in, sees the box. box and How about them cowboy histories? <laughs> ABC drops a to be continued on us. Not the Ooh. biggest Noah fan, but he's apparently the only dude on here that wears socks with shoes. All other dudes are rolling around sockless, so I'm rooting for him. I'm pro sock. I'm also pro sock too. I don't believe it should be a. You know, that's the greatest way to prevent athlete's foot is to wear some socks. And uh, I, I think do, that's. I just find it unpleasant to wear shoes without socks. I I don't agree. Yeah, so I guess I'm Team Noah here, because uh, he's one so of the only names. You're not saying no to Noah. Yeah, I and again, I'm hoping that Noah's arc on the show is wonderful. I made that joke before, oh, but also, God, you know, why? we've good been night, we've been in quarantine for a while, so I'm running out of jokes. You know, we we're getting used to the same material here. We're running in the same circles with the league news, so it's all it's been Groundhog Day since March, uh, and that's uh, I'll you know, see you enjoy the, the same jokes. With easy, Craig. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, uh that's uh that's it folks that's the batch update all we got left is uh a little bit of around the league action so uh steve you ready for that you ready to hit me with you uh i'm, I'm so ready for that yeah. you know it's I, they haven't uh, put a windmill in for these people that have sex yet so uh, until that <laughs> happens yeah let's go around the league i hope they just like the next one's just them it's like a sock buying uh, experience anyway Johnny Boychuk has retired due to an eye injury, uh, 206 points in 725 games over 13 seasons with the Avs, Bruins, and Islanders. Uh, for those of you that forgot he was a member of the Avs, he was traded to Boston for Matt Hendricks at the 2008 draft. So Johnny Boychuk, uh, RIPD to your career. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev stays in Tampa for three years, a cap hit of $4.8 million a year. Still can't uh, believe that trade worked out like it did. Yeah, I know. Really, me too. I thought Jonathan Drew was going to be more in uh, Montreal, but I mean, again, Steve Eisman uh, did pretty good for a job he's not currently at. So, and also Julian Brisbois did not, you know, do anything for. Uh, Philip Kemp, uh, right-hand defenseman taken in the seventh round of 2017, assigned his ELC with Edmonton. Uh, the NWHL season is expected to start on January 23rd. And also, uh, last but not least, happy belated or well. Belated tomorrow when you're listening, but happy birthday to Lou Nolan today, who turned 75. So uh, that love is love Lou Nolan. Happy birthday, Lou Nolan! Yeah, I miss Lou, Lou Nolan's just, voice. 
Yeah. Just not the same without Lou Nolan. Like every now oh, and then no. he takes a, a game off because he's sick or something. And it's, it's just, it, it, it's disturbing. It throws you off. Oh yeah. No, it, it's, it's going to be weird whenever he decides to retire. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we get this here. Uh, that's sweet, sweet voice sometime soon uh, in the near future. But uh, like, I, I demand the flyers find somebody that can just impersonate him to do it because <laughs> I, I refuse to hear anybody else in that role. Oh yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's still weird to me that that Daryl Hammond does the announcing on SNL because it was Don Pardo for the longest time and Don Pardo passed oh, yeah. away, and it's just not the same. And it, it's, oh, it's <laughs> I need definitely... these things in my life to stay the same. I need some consistency. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say it's gonna be weird now without Alex Trebek on Jeopardy now too. I, it's gonna I'm be not ready Ken to Jennings. watch it without him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not either. Uh, and uh, yeah, Don Pardo, I forgot I forgot about him. The yeah. Don Pardo. I can't do it. Don <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, we, nobody Sorry. can do it. That's why it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's one of a kind. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's just, uh that's a podcast. Uh, that's, that's it. Uh, so, yeah. uh, sorry, we're not ready for three hour marathons yet because we don't have yeah. much besides the batch up to talk about. If if Craig wants to join me in watching a bunch of movies, we could talk about that. I will say we then, are. We got, we got nothing. Uh, next week we will break down. The uh, we will break down uh, the Cole Beasley song. We we're listening we were to a little it. bit in yeah. in pre we're trying in pre show, but we're I, trying I, to spread I, out this tent. Like so we have, we have to take some notes. We have to have an extensive breakdown of each chord. Oh uh, yeah, full lyric uh, in front of us as well. The lyrics have to be right here to to fully break down. That's yes, no, I agree. Important yeah. important research that we need to do first, folks, for the highest quality tent. Yeah, no, I so we're we'll we'll line up for another time uh and well, another time being next week and uh i uh steve i'm gonna cover it to the chase again i uh i got some stuff i, I wrote about uh ivan Fedotov this week uh he's been killing it in the khl again talked about him and his potential future in the nhl and about how uh some of the other goaltending prospects we've been hyping up for the last couple of years have uh not really struggled but really haven't hit the stride or taken the exponential growth where maybe we're expecting them to and uh, i think fedotov should be in the running to possibly be the backup one day um or at least get a look eventually in the nhl which is a pretty positive sign for a guy that was taken in the seventh round back in 2015 so i wrote about him been doing the prospect report um i will i and i have an idea for a return flight for uh the anniversary of a game on monday uh i'm hoping to get it up and out on monday and again, I'm going to start trying to do that. I'm going to start trying to do return dates for uh, dates of games that happened in recent history, I guess, since there's not an actual season to keep up with. I'm just going to go back and do that um, and also try and talk about uh, prospects for the 2021 NHL draft now, because, uh, again, not not too much is going on, but there are some leagues that are playing. Uh, so I might be able to talk about some guys that were playing the QMJHL or in our plane in the NCAA and uh, things of that, you know, crab rangoon and things of that nature. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, man, and, I haven't uh, had some that's, crab rangoon in a hot minute. That's, I have now. not either, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Chinese food is good for the gal, <laughs> but we'll no, I think I'll, I'll slam some home. <laughs> yeah, probably not, no. Yeah, the, yeah, a lot of, uh, just not a lot of good stuff in there for me, but... You know, you only live once, Steve, and uh, why not go out and be a death by gout? I don't think that's a thing, but you may as well test it, right? You know, death by crab rangoon. Yeah, got it. If there's a way to go out, I think it would be by crab rangoon. Absolutely, that would be the way. Just 
don't yeah. go out to a Thomas's Everything Bagel. That's all I have to say to you, folks. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, if you so have that's... any feedback, yeah, yeah, for us. yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, let's get out of here. I thought you were, you know. Oh no, I'm done. Oh no, yeah, okay, no, good. I am. Yeah, good. Yeah. See the share <laughs> if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad you can reach me at flyperbole or at estate bomb but for your hockey needs make it flyperbole follow bsh radio follow broad street hockey also i just wanted to give a quick plug uh for some charitable giving over the next few weeks uh you know it's really tough times for a lot of people out there Right now, a lot of people have lost work over the past year, not working as frequently. A lot more people are depending on food banks and things of that sort right now. So a great uh, a great thing to donate to a great charity in the Philadelphia area for hungry people is Phil Abundance. So I've given a donation to them. I'm going to give another donation to them shortly uh, just because they do such great work helping feed hungry people and this time of year especially is really tough for people. So anything you can do to, to help out and do a good thing, uh, please go out and do it. Be much appreciated. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. That's a good cause. So I second that. All right. All right. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And we really do appreciate you uh, sticking with us all year, even when there hasn't been much hockey to listen to. Oh, oh, one more thing. Sorry to cut you off. I did want to say a uh, shout out to the people that uh, apparently listen to us a lot on Spotify and have been sharing those uh, Spotify uh, 2020 wraps or whatever they're called. So if you if anybody if we are one of the main podcasts you listen to on Spotify, let us know because you'll get it's a free retweet from me. I know a couple people have sent them <laughs> our way and I know Steph's been tweeting out uh, a, a bunch of them, too. So I've been yeah. seeing them uh, popping up in, uh, in the feed there. So. I love yeah. that. Keep them coming. Keep oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah I'm retweeting those there. left and right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen into the good old BSH radio network before anything else. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Best listeners. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Please continue to wear the mask. Wear the mask. Yep. It keeps you safe. It keeps everyone safe around you in case you do have COVID. Let's stay safe. Let's get through this together. Thank you so much. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. 
They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.